Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is live coverage from ABC News. Here is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. White House spokesman Sean Spicer's briefing reporters now as the administration lurches from controversy to controversy and prepares to embark on the president's first foreign trip. Here's the White House spokesman Sean Spicer. The numbers don't really get too much better from there. Texas has a population of around 28 million people. It had just 1,158 businesses enrolled in the shop plan. Florida has a population of around 20 million people, and it has 579 businesses enrolled. Small businesses are the lifeblood of the American economy, with 30 million of them uh, supporting communities across the country. And just 0.01% of these companies, small businesses participate in the shop program. Small businesses have clearly decided that shop is not an option that makes sense for the overwhelming majority of them in its current form, so it's common sense to reevaluate this clearly failed program. And common sense is what the American people elected Tr President Trump to bring to Washington. The bottom line is that whether we're talking about individuals or businesses, signups for Obamacare are well below expectations. Insurance companies continue to flee out of the exchanges. And if we don't act quickly, as the President has said, we're going to head for a health care meltdown. The President, Secretary Price, and his entire administration look forward to seeing the American Health Care Act reach the President's death soon so that we can bring back some uh, common sense to our entire health care system. Uh, finally, two quick updates. Secretary Mattis uh, is swearing in Heather Wilson as the Secretary of Air Force at the Pentagon today at 4 o'clock. Her distinguished military service, wealth of experience, and wide knowledge base made her an outstanding choice for Secretary of the Air Force, and the President is glad to welcome her on board. Lastly, Treasury has just announced that sanctions on additional individuals and entities in response to the continuing violent attacks on Syrian citizens by the Syrian government. As long as the Syrian government continues its campaign of brutal violence against its own people, the Trump administration will continue to utilize many tools at our disposal to intensify pressure on the Assad regime in support of diplomatic efforts to end the civilian conflict. With that take that Hallie. I just have a few if you don't mind if I just take your quickly since it's an off-camera briefing. Number one, can you just explain Questions are still important. the transcripts? Will you share these transcripts that some lawmakers are calling for or more information <clears throat> regarding the context and content of this meeting with those on Capitol Hill who are asking to see this information? I, I think there is um, three individuals who are in the room, Secretary of State Tillerson, the National Security Director, and the deputy national security director, who were all in that, and all have put out statements regarding that. But even, even given that, I, I, I get it. I'm not. I'm, I understand. I understand that. that. I, I well, I don't. I haven't seen anything. But what I'm telling you is, is that I think there are three individuals in that meeting that said it. Um, what has occurred today, or over the last little while, in terms of these leaks, uh, is frankly dangerous. The idea that someone who has been given access um, to information. Uh, is pushing that information out into the media is is undermines our national security, and I don't think there's any other way to say it than it is frankly dangerous. Steve, more questions for you, Sean? just on the list. Number one, yep. Israel as the ally here who provided information uh, that the president then shared with the Russians. It is our reporting and others that that is the case. Can you please speak to that? I, I cannot comment specifically on that. I'm obviously pleased to see 
uh, Ambassador Dermer's comment. We uh, appreciate the relationship that we have with Israel and appreciate uh, the exchange of information that we have with them. That being said, I, I'm not going to comment any further on that. And my last question for you just gets to the question of credibility that a lot of folks uh, over on Capitol Hill have been asking over the last maybe 18 hours or so. The President himself tweeted just last week, Sean, that his surrogates can't stand at this podium with perfect accuracy. Are you concerned when you have yourself, when you have General McMaster up here, that people perhaps don't trust or find the statements that are being made credible? I, I mean, I think I addressed this last week, Hallie, that we do everything we can to provide you the most up-to-date information at the time. There's, with respect to the events of last night, I think General McMaster stood at this podium just uh, a few hours ago and made it very clear that he stands by what he said. So I'm not uh, entirely sure. I mean, he, he put out a statement, Secretary Tillerson put out one, and the Deputy National Security Advisor for Strategy put one out as well. So you're not concerned about eroding credibility in this situation? I mean, of course, obviously, I'd, I would never – no one would ever want that. But I'd, I'd, I suggest to you that the statements that put out last night are completely consistent, and the people who put them out stand by them. Were they the only ones in the room, is my last question? Uh, the, I, I don't Dean know. Powell, Secretary Tillerson. I'm, I'm sure that I – do, I don't know the answer to that. Who, who was in that room? I'll, I'll follow up with it. I'm not going to necessarily – provide you with information that they're not comfortable providing in terms of who was or wasn't in the room. That, that is something that is up to the President. Steve. Sean, Sean, do you believe that this is a case of the intelligence community or elements in the intelligence community actively seeking to undermine the President and his foreign policy as he seeks to build a closer relationship with Russia? I, I don't I think it is appropriate for me to – but I will tell you, when you look at that story, um, it, it, was imp it would be impossible for the President to reveal the source of the information, because as General McMaster made very clear as he was leaving this podium, the President wasn't briefed on the information and wasn't aware of the source. So the President wasn't aware of this. This wasn't part of his briefing. So therefore, to suggest that therefore he revealed it is impossible. So uh, but you did say undermining. You, you, you suggest it's frankly dangerous. It is. W what's the President going to do about it? Well, again, that, that in itself is a whole process, and I'm not at liberty to get into that, and it's frankly something that I wouldn't even be aware of. If I can ask just one more question. Is, is it the President's position that he can at any time declassify anything he chooses? He tweeted this morning that he has the absolute right to talk to the Russians about whatever he wants to. Is that what he's saying there, that he can declassify anything? Well, there's um, several issues. One is he can obviously there is th information that is shared with countries all the time on common threats or common issues of interest. Uh, then there's a second question that you're asking, which is classification authority. My understanding is the President, of course, has classification authority. They're not synonymous, though, right? So the President um, can always discuss um, common threats or common issues with, with host nations – excuse me, with, with other heads of government or other government officials as he deems appropriate to tackle the threats that our country faces. Um, but that's – just so you're clear, I mean, there are two separate issues, but yes, he does um, on the second, because that, that's not a question of what he thinks. That's, a, that's just sort of like a fact. Blake. Uh, just to clarify, um, the last thing that uh, General McMaster said, what you just said, so the President wasn't aware uh, – this wasn't a part of this briefing, so to suggest he revealed it is impossible. Are you saying that the President didn't say what is being – I'm not going to get into uh, – again, I'm not going to get into the contents of the conversation. What I will just say is, as I mentioned, it wasn't part of his briefing. So so if if that wasn't part of it, um, to suggest that therefore he released something um, would not it, – it just defies logic. So if it wasn't part of his briefing, in a way, was there a, a – Again, I'm not – like, again, I'm not – them. Was there a way a, a failure that it didn't rise to the level? No, of I'm sorry. That's a good point. It's it is not routine. Um, 
you know, again, I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but generally speaking, when, when the president is briefed, and it's not just this president, when presidents are briefed, they are presented with outcomes. Here's the threats that we face, here's whatever. Um, and it's not like there's always, there's not, it is not always common that therefore they would get into all the sources and methods that undermines it. That's just not always how it happens. And so, uh, they are presented with, here are the threats that we face, here's the circumstances, here's the issues that are in front of you. He, he was fully prepared going into this this meeting. Of course, Sean. Olivia. Thanks, Sean. Uh, just two for you. Can you say whether or not there's an active investigation of these leaks, either formal or informal? I cannot. Um, try. Thanks, Sean. Can you wait? Can I just get one more? What, what's something that uh, General McMaster declined to answer on two occasions from behind that podium that's causing some unhappiness on the Hill? The refusal to say whether the Western Wall is in Israel or not. Can you can you explain why you guys can't answer that question? I mean, the Western Wall is obviously one of the holiest sites in the Jewish faith. It's clearly in Jerusalem. Um, but there's there's been uh, it's an issue that has had serious um, consideration. It'll be a topic that's going to be discussed during the president's trip uh, between the parties that he meets with. Um, but obviously, I think this stems from a comment that was made yesterday um, and which was not the policy of the United States. And, and so I think just because... So, so just to be clear about what was said yesterday. Can you yeah. talk briefly about the ripple of information and how it came out of the meeting that occurred last week in the Oval Office uh, with the representatives of the Russian government, trying to better understand where and how this information could have leaked? I, I don't, if I knew, I mean, I don't know. Okay. And, and talking about it as a national security threat, um, you've spoken with the president, obviously, about this. Um, what are What's his thinking on the information that leaked? Um, and if there were, and what does he think about the article uh, that was released by the Washington Post? Well, I think consistent with what he has said for a long time, that the leaks of, of classified information or sensitive information uh, present, there's a reason that they're classified and that the disclosure of them, the non-authorized disclosure of them, present a, a you know, threat to national security. Sarah. John, uh, there's been reporting that suggests Israel is the uh, <coughs> country that provided that intelligence to the U.S. Uh, whether it was Israel or not, has the administration had contact with that ally to potentially smooth over any complications that might have arisen from this being shared with the Russians? Have we, I'm sorry. Have you reached out to the country that provided that intelligence? I, obviously, I'm not going to get into uh, that kind of discussion. What I will say is, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, we uh, appreciate the strong relationship that we have with Israel with respect to intelligence sharing uh, and hope to continue to grow that str that bond. Uh, but I'm not going to comment on specifically where it came from. Veronica. Sean, can we get a White House reaction or the President's reaction to the report that Seth Rich was emailing WikiLeaks before his murder? I, I don't, I'm not aware of, I, I generally, um, I don't get updates. A great influence on where the leaks came from. They could potentially. I mean, there's a lot of implications in the story, of course. But I understand that. But to, for me to comment from here about an ongoing investigation, I, I believe it's still ongoing. I don't even know the status of it in terms of DC. Um, but it, it would be highly inappropriate to do that. John Gizzi. Thank you, Sean. Um, two questions. Uh, first, the nature of the information that the president is alleged to have shared are the kinds of things that the Five Eyes allies share among each other. Is this a sign that that list could be expanded or that the President is considering expanding 
the five eyes, the allies we share intelligence with on a regular basis. I would just go back to the point that I think whether it's uh, this particular country or any other, uh, it is quite um, commonplace for us to share information on common threats uh, that our countries face or, or two countries face um, or a variety of other information that gets threatened. It is a very common uh, commonplace thing to occur. And the other thing is, what's lost in all of this was that day the President met with Dr. Kissinger. Uh, what advice did Dr. Kissinger give him on anything? Was there any readout of their conversation? I don't have, I didn't, I didn't get one at the time. Uh, as generally speaking, we don't get readouts of that. Cecilia. I'm sure you heard Senator Corker say that uh, this White House is in a downward spiral. How do you view the current state of things right now? Is a downward spiral fair, unfair? Uh, is chaotic fair, unfair? And um, and does this White House need a reset? Well, I, I think we're doing – the President's committed to enacting his agenda. He feels very strongly about what he's doing and why he's doing it. Leaks that occurred today are not helpful. Uh, first and foremost, to national security beyond any other um, issue. Uh, but obviously, we were very – the President is very proud of the work and the accomplishments that he's had in these first few months and looking forward to this trip um, around the country – around the world that I think is really going to continue to grow the relationships that he's already started to build. Is there any soul-searching that's being done, any uh, uh, reflection that – or any blame even being placed for, for sort of the current state of chaos, if you will – uh, inside the West Wing or in, in your <coughs> colleagues, the President himself? I guess the answer, the way I'd answer that is when you look at what appears to be somebody intentionally leaking classified information and you're asking where we, where the blame should be placed, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, it is to, to realize that somebody has intentionally gone out once again, if you start to go back over the last couple of months, how many times there has been an unauthorized disclosure of national security. That should be – that is, as I, I've said it from this podium before, but it's, it's extremely troubling. And I think that when you ask, you know, how we feel about it, um, when you are committed to doing – whether it's economic um, policy or foreign policy that is in the best interest of the country, and people are going out intentionally leaking classified information that threatens national security – as I said, it's dangerous. April. Sean, um, could you tell us how the president gets his intelligence briefings? Because we understand that each president um, has them differently. They, they ask for them differently. How does this president receive his intelligence briefings? It's an interesting question. I don't sit in on the briefing. I know every day a team comes over and, um, you know, um, I, I should probably follow up on it before I get too far ahead, but he gets a, a, they come in person and present him with information, and um, and it's classified. Does okay, but does he read um, any parts of, part part of it, or is he given the information? I I, I don't sit in on it, so I don't I don't know. All right, to follow up on that, a couple of questions. Um, the the question, um, well, the statement from McMaster begs the question as mm -hmm. to the statement about um, not having parts of the intelligence that the President talked about to Russia begs a couple of questions. Why was that not included? And some are asking in the intelligence community, does this go to the fact that the President may not be trusted with this information? <clears throat> and also, 
it goes into again how does he get his information and why it was left out. So I know you stepped out for a while. We actually went over this. I'm sorry, uh, I was no, no, I just but we, we went over this. Uh, I hope you feel better. Um, we um, basically the, the the answer that I gave I think it was either Blake or Trey was that generally speaking the president's presented with you know the the end result of of the intelligence here are the threats here are the issues that are facing us generally speaking they don't go into the sources and methods but was, is there has there ever been a concern that this president was not able to handle the intelligence information um, and they've kind of crafted it to a piece where he would not get in trouble if he if it were to slip out no George. Okay, wait, I'm not no sure. you are I mean this is this is everyone gets a turn this isn't well, such a, a couple people had more and I want to no, ask something about Secret Service okay, okay. Um, I understand that David Garrett Dave Garrett is um, being eyed as the head of the Uniform Division of Secret Service. And Dave Garrett, um, during the Clinton administration, was reprimanded for saying the N-word to a female uh, pass holder here at the White House. Um, what do you say to that? I, I you, you have to believe me that I, I don't get into the different divisions of employment at the Secret Service. I think that... Uh, sure, as is all the federal government, but I think specifically as a division of the Secret Service, um, Kathy at the Secret Service is probably in the Public Affairs Office is probably your best bet. George. Uh, a trip question. Uh, there's been a lot of reporting in Israel. <laughs> we had to make this would have been perfect for this one. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, reporting in Israel that the president was going to go to Masada. Uh, that's something that General McMaster didn't mention. Has that been scrubbed? That if he is going, what's the message you're trying to send? So, uh, if I can, um, w it is our goal to have an off-the-record briefing tomorrow, probably sometime later in the day, on the logistics of the trip. Uh, once we can lock down that time, and, and the goal would be late tomorrow, but it may slip. It just, um, and we can kind of walk through the logistics of the trip with you. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of things that either aren't finalized or for security reasons. But I don't want to get into anything beyond what General McMaster said today. And our goal is to we'll have notice out to you guys at some point uh, what the the details of the trip are. Glenn, it may seem like a small matter, but <coughs> the president mispronounced President uh, Erdogan's name a couple of times at the event today. We had a report yesterday from Politico about the president reading and embracing a report that was pushed in front of him from a, a fake 1970s Time magazine story. We've had numerous things about the way that the president consumes information, including uh, and not exclusive to uh, the events of the last few days. Two questions. Is the president doing his homework? And do you are you satisfied or can you tell the American people that the president is getting the best quality information possible to make decisions? Yes, on both. Steve Holland. The Senator Cornyn pulled out of the FBI search. Um, does the president still think it's possible to name a new director before he goes on the trip, or is that likely to, to drag? Uh, I think it's it's obviously likely, but that's up to there's the both DOJ uh, and then obviously to the president in terms of who he could get it. Uh, DOJ is still interviewing candidates, and if we have an update on the process, so probably will drag till after. The I, I don't. It. it I. Literally don't have an update because part of it is uh, DOJ will notify us when they believe they have candidates that the president wants to meet with, or uh, or the president will ask them who they have. But but we're not at that point in the process. Anita, um, can you explain? You're saying that the leaks that there's a problem. Obviously, that there's leaks. Other people say that the president said something inappropriate, regardless of what happened. How can you assure allies that have expressed concern 
about leaks in the United States that their information is safe with the United States? How can you assure them? Are people calling them? And I don't mean the particular ally. I just mean in general. Right. I think we, we take – I mean, look, there's no one who is more outraged about this than the president. And he has been very clear in his statements over the last couple of months that this kind of behavior cannot be tolerated uh, and that this action undermines our national security. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's taking uh, – again, and it would be inappropriate for me to discuss anything beyond that. Again, I'm not going to get anything from Brian. Three quick questions for you. One, President Reagan uh, said – and they'll be quick, I promise – said of former Soviet Union that they reserve unto themselves the right to commit any crime, lie or cheat, to attain global revolution. That was their long-term goal. Who, I'm sorry, what's the beginning part? Uh, President Reagan yes. has said that – the Soviet Union reserves unto itself the right to commit any crime, lie, or cheat to obtain its long-term goals. Um, so what do you think, what does this president think the long-term goals of Russia are? That's the first question. The second is, do you think a public official has a right at any time to lie to the American public under any circumstance? And third, I guess going back to our question earlier, but to be more pointed, what do you say to the critics who say this uh, administration, in one word, in the last few weeks has been inept? Um, I'm, I think that, I, I know. I nailed you with three. Um, I, I don't. As far as Russia goes, I mean, the, the, the question is, what do we think their goals are? I don't. I'll get. We'll have to get back to you. I'm, I'm not prepared to go over what Russia's strategic goals are at this time. Um, just so what was. And the second one was, do you think, it, under any circumstance, it's all right for a public official to lie to the American public? Um, the the reason I'm going to I'm hedging on this is that I'm just thinking mentally going through every position in the United States government. So in theory, if you are an operative of some sort uh, or if there is a – I mean, there are cases in which – Public official. I understand. Yeah, if it's a public official, then no. And a third one. As far as the last week, the actions in this administration – Like I said, I, I think when this is – when you have people that are leaking information, um, the president's going to do everything he can. I can tell you that. But that's not unique. I, I, I think that the level and and uh, of a, of number of quotes and the damaging of the the damage, I don't. I can't say I'm a expert in this, but I would say it's pretty. Seems seems like a lot to me. John, a number of Republican lawmakers this morning say they were troubled by what they read in the Washington Post, the story that came out late yesterday afternoon. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, in an interview that he did today, said, the only thing I can say when it comes to Russia, they are an unreliable partner. <laughs> Does the administration share that point of view that Russia is an unreliable partner? I, I think first and foremost, uh, the, as you saw by the comments of the three individuals, they were troubled by the report in the Washington Post. And um, and so that, that's, that's the first thing I would say. Uh, the second thing is, because again, I, look, when you go back and realize that three people who were in a very small meeting come out, the Secretary of State, the National Security Advisor, and the Deputy National Security Advisor, and dispute the account. And yet, on the other hand, you have a bunch of anonymous sources using leaked information um, that is disputed at, at from a, what was actually briefed and not briefed. Um, you, you realize that, that, that you, know, you have to question the intention of why that was done. Um, so I, that is something that we're equally concerned with in terms of the report itself, that a leak that came out um, does this kind of damage, and, and it was, and it clearly, you know, you've got to wonder why it was done and who did it. But to Lindsey Graham's uh, point that he was making in that comment that I just read to you, does the president share his belief that Russia is an unreliable partner? I, I think I, I, all I'll say is that on areas like combating ISIS, 
Um, in particular, we have a shared interest. In Syria, uh, there are areas where we can have a shared interest. And I think in areas where, whatever country it is, we can find a shared uh, interest to further a goal, whether it's our national interest or our economic interest, uh, that is something that we would have to consider. But uh, to rule out you know, any country um, on its face is something that is, is sort of well above, um, is something that only the president can decide. Why did the president's counterterrorism advisor feel the need to reach out to the CIA and the NSA after meeting? I'm not going to get into to calls that any staff member may or may not make, but I will say that uh, to suggest that someone who is the Homeland Security Advisor wouldn't be making calls would somewhat be um, a little odd that in the routine part of their job that they wouldn't be calling around to different agencies. Uh, that being said, in terms of what I think you're intending to ask with respect to the article, uh, again, I would go back to the fact that there were three serious, you know, prominent individuals in the meeting that dispute the account. Is the White House doing anything to reach out to members of Congress to explain what happened in the meeting with the Russian uh, officials? And Senator Burr on the Intelligence Committee said just before you came out that he's still waiting to hear from someone at the White House. Um, I, I do believe that there are some folks that, as in, you know, people have asked that have walked them through, shared the statements, et cetera, et cetera. Are there any plans for the president to reach out himself to any members to explain or reassure? I, I, I don't, not that I'm aware of, Matt. Thanks, John. Um, so you've referenced a few times these statements from McMaster, Tillerson, uh, and Powell. And one thing none of them addressed is sort of the key point of the articles, which is that the president divulged classified information. Uh, none of their statements addressed that. So can you clarify for us whether or not the president divulged classified information, number one, and number two, if so, uh, who who gave the okay on that? Was that pre-approved by state or by any of these agencies? So, number one, going back to whomever question, it, it, there is in the normal course of conversations with, with different countries, whether it's threats or information, information is routinely shared. Uh, secondly, as was mentioned, if the president wanted to share information, that would be within his decision. That all being said, I'm not going to discuss uh, what goes to go down a road of parsing what would be and what wouldn't be. Sarah? Can you clarify whether or not the information he shared was classified? No, I, I think that, the, as you pointed out, the three statements that were made, are very, they are very clear of what, what was not addressed. And again, getting into starting to have a discussion about what is and what isn't, what isn't classified, is a very dangerous road. Sarah? In this meeting with the Russians at the White House, why was the president's first inclination to want to share sensitive information rather than, for instance, to press them on meddling in the U.S. election, which we saw all these intelligence officials agree just last week was something that Russia certainly did? Well, I, I think to presume that con I mean that conversation is still private and to talk to just assume what wasn't wasn't discussed and would not be accurate. I'm not going to get into the contents of that, but I also think that again we're we're missing what was shared and the purpose. There was a discussion about a shared aviation threat. As General McMaster pointed out, they had a uh, airplane that was taken down in some way uh, in October of 2015, which over 200 lives were lost. Uh, they shared and discussed uh, a shared threat that our two countries have and a concern that we have. I think that is extremely appropriate. Administration has basically been that you guys do things in a sloppy manner and that makes stories like this worse. So when you look at the way this played out, yes, we routinely share information, but we routinely share information 
that is sensitive with our allies. We don't routinely share sensitive information with the Russians. So I guess, did you guys take the proper procedures to let intelligence agencies know ahead of time that you wanted to share this information that the president did with Russian officials? Or did he just make the call on the spot? And was that the reason that Bosser made these calls afterward to the CIA and to the NSA? And was this a learning experience in any way for this administration about following protocols to ensure you guys don't get the kind of headlines next time that you did this time? Well, number one, uh, to make any assumptions about what was shared, what wasn't shared, and what processes uh, were or were not followed would be highly speculative. Uh, number two, as I've said repeatedly, the information that was shared was on a common threat um, and one that we both uh, have, a have, a, have a shared goal in, in eradicating. So to suggest that, which I think is the, 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 the nut of the question, um, we, we, why wouldn't we want to share a common threat and the efforts that both countries are taking to eradicate a threat that we both feel? But there's no indication that you guys went you, Hold on. With all due respect, you have no, no understanding of that. To, for you, and I'm not, but to sit back and say, because it hasn't been leaked out, I mean, that's the nature of the leak. Somebody's selectively leaking information and facts. And there's a reason it's selective. It's because they're trying to create, a, you know, and again, for me to guess why, but at least it appears as though somebody's trying to create a, a narrative or a problem. But to further suggest that somehow because you get one piece of a puzzle that you know what the entire puzzle looks like, um, even to suggest that that piece is accurate, which in this case uh, you've heard our position on that. But to, to th this, this is clearly a pattern of people uh, releasing sensitive information to further what appears to be somebody's, you know, someone's agenda. And I think that, again, the, the – the president's raised this. Several people in the administration have raised this. But the idea that there is no concern or seemingly no concern over something like this being put out in the open, um, I think it is frankly concerning. And it should be to every American that we have information um, of, of a sensitive and classified nature that is being sent out into the, to the open. Um, hey, Brian, Brian, Brian. Right? That's no, that's not how it works. Thank you, Jessica. A couple of questions about the fight against ISIL in this context. That was what the president talked about was the source of the conversation, or I should say, the framework of the conversation that he had with the Russians last week. So, is the president actively looking for new new partners in the fight against ISIL, and is it his intent to look to partners that have previously been? unconsidered because they were not part of traditional alliances or partnerships with the United States. The, I think it's safe to say that the President is going to look to anybody um, who wants to share our goal of eradicating uh, radical Islamic terrorism, ISIL, and other threats from around the globe. So, Thank you guys very much. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow in Connecticut. Live from the White House, spokesman Sean Spicer, who declined to confirm Israel was the source of the classified information about ISIS that President Trump shared with Russia. Israel today declined to comment, but its U.S. ambassador said Israel has full confidence in its intelligence-sharing relationship with the United States. Spicer said the president was not aware of the source of the information he shared and added that the U.S. and Russia have shared interests. Mr. Trump himself said earlier today he had a very successful meeting with the foreign minister of Russia, and he's looking to get as many to help fight terrorism as possible. The National Security Advisor today called the conversation the president had with the Russian foreign minister wholly appropriate. I'm Aaron Katursky. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News.
We turn now to Washington with ABC's Andy Field. Andy. Aaron, you know, this was an unusual briefing for Sean Spicer. He avoided cameras and uh, the wall-to-wall cable news coverage, instead making it more user-friendly for our ABC radio affiliates and an audio-only feed here. Now, Sean has uh, uh, appeared very subdued on camera the last time, uh, repeated the same answers to multiple questions, saying the president made his position clear on virtually every topic, from whether he taped his conversation with fired director James Comey uh, from the FBI or whether uh, he was even going to add troops to Afghanistan. And today, uh, one of the big questions, of course, was, uh, talking about what happened in this meeting with Russia. He said there were three people in the meeting, and what occurred in terms of leaks is fairly dangerous. Not what the president said, but the fact that someone leaked this information out. That is what the White House focused on here. And then when someone asked, is it responsible or can the president actually reveal classified information? And does he have the right to do that? Sean Spicer said, yes, he does. Uh, it's not what he thinks, what the president thinks, but it's a fact. And that may indeed be the case, but it's also having a ripple effect around the world. The Associated Press now reporting that a senior European official said that his country may stop sharing intelligence with the U.S. if Donald Trump gave classified information to Russian diplomats. ABC's Andy Field with us live from Washington after the White House briefing with Sean Spicer. I'm Aaron Katursky. You've been listening to live coverage from ABC News. ABC News, honored. Winner for the third straight year with the Edward R. Murrow Award for overall excellence in television and radio. ABC News, America's number one news. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.